to do. With Airbnb, you can just go and stay in like someone's nice home. <laughs> I want kind of like an Airbnb for restaurants, but for, for food rather. So I just pay somebody and then I go to their like 85 year old grandma's house and she makes quality Thai cuisine or Indian or Chinese or whatever it is. Oh. But it's just like in someone's home. Like Ukrainian. Sure, yeah. And then they can advertise it on like whatever app we call it. It'll probably be called like Eater with no uh, vowel second. stir. Yeah, foodster. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> um, so then you go to the person's house and you just like pay them like you would a restaurant, but they mm-hmm. don't have a restaurant. They're just in their own oh. home. And you get to have, like, home-cooked meals. So you're, like, pimping your grandma out for money. Well, no, the grandma would be doing it. Oh, okay. Yeah, you don't, like, steal a grandma. <laughs> that or would just, be... like, a family. Yeah. Like, maybe the mom or the dad is more of a stay-at-home type, and then they like cooking. But if they're, like, really good at a cuisine that mm. I don't get, because, like, Chinese restaurants just aren't the same True. as, like... Because they're like greasy and mass produced. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's just different. But then I worry: is that like gig economy restaurant now? Would that like drive out quality restaurants? Probably. Hmm. I just want to give money to some old lady to make me quality food. Okay. I think that would be a, a good a good <laughs> business or app. That that's a good thing to want. Quality food. Yeah, I just want home cooked meals from every culture because nothing in the restaurant is as good as like when you get it at those places you should be able to buy like an advent calendar for that just like a noodle advent calendar yeah it's like chow mein one day pad thai the next but like it's like a a dinner advent calendar so you go go for dinner every night for december oh my god or maybe it's like one delicious maybe it's like a year like so maybe it's like twice a month for a year sure so you have 24 dinners in a year and you get to go to like a different place every every time. So if you are, um, my top picks are Thai and Vietnamese, Laotian, Malaysian. Mine's Ukrainian. If you cook that food very well, uh, invite us over. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us at ILTYS and the number two. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to another episode of I Love This, You Should Too. Oh, is that what we're doing now? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Before it was just my version of like, what's it called? Dragon's Den? Oh, yeah. Shark pitch. Tank? Shark Tank. I think they're the same. That's a good pitch, actually. Yeah, I think that's all right. I think that sounds amazing. Someone's going to rip me off and take it. And they're going to be millionaires. What if in 10 years that exists and that person's a billionaire and then I'd be sitting here? You just have to say copyright, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's um, yeah, it's copyright. Copyright. Yes. <laughs> uh, my name is Indy Randella, <laughs> and with me is my lovely and slightly hungry co-host Samantha Hees. I'm making chewing sounds, <laughs> which I acknowledged won't translate well to podcast. How are you, Indy? I'm doing all right. I'm hungry now. Me too. So, Indy, how are you? What's going on? I don't know. I'm still still good. Um, I don't know what's going on. You, what What is going on? Nothing's going on. How are you doing? <laughs> still good. Very good. Tired. Hungry. So on today's episode, we each have a thing of the week, a spoiler-free thing of the week. 
And then I'm going to be telling Samantha what we'll be watching for our next big episode next week. I'm very excited because I feel like it's going to be a good one. Oh, this week I'm very confident that you are going to, in fact, love it. Not even just like it. I'm confident this week. Indy's going in strong, folks. He's uh, throwing out all of those big predictions. But before we get into my big pick of the week that you're going to love... I'm going to tell you about something that you probably wouldn't like at all. What's your thing of the week, Indy? My thing of the week is the film Kumiko the Treasure Hunter. Hmm. This is a 2014 film, and this is another kind of roundabout one, because this is based on a kind of true story that I was obsessed with many years ago. Hmm. So first, let me tell you what I read on multiple news agencies and like wire reports, things like that. I think it was uh, Associated Press where I first came across this story. And there was this story about a Japanese woman who was found dead out in the wilderness outside of the town of Fargo, North Dakota. And the story started coming out that this woman was looking for treasure Because she believed the film Fargo, which involves somebody... I'll try not to spoil Fargo, but really, you should have seen Fargo by now. I haven't seen Fargo. There's a part (laughs) where a character, who I won't name, buries some money in a location. And the news reports kept playing it that this woman believed that was true. So she flew from Japan to North Dakota in search of this treasure. And she just wasn't properly prepared for it. And she ended up freezing and dying out there. Hmm. What first struck me about this was just like how sad and lonely of a story this seems. And that is a very sad and lonely story. The idea of dying alone so far from home and anyone you know is very, is very sad and scary to me. Absolutely. But then I also started thinking about, wait a minute, this, did that happen? Because it was reported on multiple news agencies, including the local ones, and uh, the police officers of the town said that that's the story. But like with so many stories here in North America, when we have foreigners in them, we often just like make up stories about them to like make everyone else seem real dumb. That's a thing that happens a lot. Hmm. I've had multiple people come up to me. Or like post on Facebook, but of course we know 90% of Facebook is all fake. It's not true. But people come up and tell me like, oh, did you hear this story? It's blah, blah, blah. This all happened in China. And I was like, that didn't happen. And they're like, no, it did. It's reported here on CNN. We often report on satirical news publications from other countries, not knowing that it's satire. That's happened many times where reputable American news agencies say, look what's going on in Japan. And it's all about like, oh, those crazy Asians. But it's really just uh, like their version of the onion. Oh. But we are too dumb to real- to know satire. And we also don't know what their versions of things are. Right. And so we don't know what lose. the joke yeah. is. So, yeah. So we report on things. I think also somewhat intentionally, people like to report on things that make other people seem dumb. Like, hey, Mm -hmm. we're the smart ones. Look at all those backwards countries. Those dummies. Like that story that kept coming about of like, oh, do you know somewhere in China? It's always, it's usually China. (laughs) It's because nobody knows anything about China. This woman had so much plastic surgery and she was beautiful. But then when the kids came out and they were all ugly, the husband sued the wife. 
And I was like, no, that's not a thing. But I've been told that story by multiple people. Seriously. But it was an ad campaign, like, for a plastic surgery. Huh. Company, so it was like a joke. And then we report on it as, as reality to say, look at those crazy Chinese. So this story was like, would someone, how does someone believe Fargo was real? Yeah. And I wasn't the only person who thought like this because someone went out and made a documentary called This is a True Story. And I'll put a link to that. It's just like a 25 minute little thing. Okay. So in this documentary, This is a True Story, mm-hmm. the filmmaker goes and kind of actually does some research because I guess nobody did. Some people said that this is what happened and everyone just took it, uh, took them at their words because it was cops that were saying that that's what happened. But she didn't speak English. They didn't speak Japanese. They just assumed this about her, which turns out is not true at all. But the true story is, I'm not sure if it's less sad or more sad, but it's so much more real and maybe that makes it more sad Mm -hmm. so this woman was in love with an american who was living in japan but then had moved away and she essentially went to his hometown to kill herself there and she she did she was found like out in the snow with two bottles of champagne i think so she just drank those and she was also on all sorts of antipsychotics and things and she just died out alone. That's so sad. It is so sad. This is the saddest podcast in the world. And her name was Takako Kanishi. And I think there's now there's reports that actually have the, the, the true story about her. That's all a preamble because I was so interested in this story for a long time that in 2014, I heard they were making a movie about it, and I assumed it would be like a longer version of what the documentary is. But instead, it's a fictionalized retelling of that Fargo movie type one, where she is, in fact, going to find treasure in this one. Right. And it kind of takes from both, because that is the driving force, that it's this woman who's trying to find this treasure from a movie that she believes is real, But it also takes just like the utter sadness and loneliness from the real story Mm. and kind of puts it together. That's sad. So this movie stars Rinko Kikuchi, who Western audiences probably know from Babel and Pacific Rim. But she's fantastic. This movie is near silent. There's not much dialogue in it. Oh, so my favorite kind of movie. Yeah. (laughs) And the dialogue that is in it is mostly Japanese. When she gets to America, she talks to like a couple of people, but not very many. But she just gives the most empathetic and crushing performance. It's it's really tough at a lot of times, but you feel so sorry for her, but you understand it. So I guess, yeah, both sympathetic and empathetic. And this movie is kind of like the portrait of a woman who's mental state is deteriorating and she's just looking for some sort of meaning something to grasp onto in her life because Mm -hmm. she's it starts out in japan and she's clearly unhappy with her with with everything Mm -hmm. and the one thing she grasps onto is this kind of like bootleg copy of fargo where she just sees that one part and Mm -hmm. in her not quite right mind she grasps onto that as like this is what i'm gonna do there's finally something that's giving my life a little bit of meaning. And I would have loved to have done this as a full episode on this show one day, but I'm 
pretty sure you won't like it because it is that <laughs> transcendental style. I do not like transcendental. Yeah, and I I understand that. <laughs> uh, so if you don't know what that means, how would you describe um, transcendental transcendental film? It's a very slow kind of movie. Um, there's a lot of really long shots where nothing really happens. Um, you get a lot of really like lingering shots and then there's also like really not a lot of talking and um it's just very slowly paced and you have to kind of come up with your own conclusion based on what you've seen which isn't a whole lot all of that is 100% accurate and <laughs> describes <Yes>. this movie <laughs> well, but I would frame it as uh, this movie is more of a meditation on what loneliness is and what it does to people rather than concerned with the plot and story. But I yeah, was you're... just thinking of Ghost Story and how like you'd kind of like figure out what was going on after the fact. Yeah, it's not so different from that okay. stylistically. Sounds good. I like that I absorbed something film knowledge-esque. <laughs> Good job. But like I said, it's beautifully acted. And it's shot with a kind of elegant starkness. And this movie, I know it's kind of is a spoiler review because we know what's happened, mm -hmm. what's going to happen already. But I don't think the movie is about that so much. It's about this this contemplative study and... It's not so much a descent into madness that we see so often in a lot of movies, but rather a slow collapse of a human. And okay. it's um, it's great. I fully understand that most of you will never watch this and won't <laughs> take this recommendation, and that's fine. And this movie from users do not rate it terribly well, but I, I think it's great. I think it's beautiful, and I think it's so well made. So Kumiko the Treasure Hunter from 2014 is my thing of the week. And then those bonus little ones of the true story of Takako Kunishi and the documentary made about her called This is a True Story. Okay. What is your thing of the week? Um, my thing of the week, surprise, surprise, um, is <laughs> more uh, what you call princess shows. <laughs> Ooh, which princess show is this one? Um, so I'm talking about three. It's kind of a series, but not a series. Um, so Philippa Gregory is an author who writes horribly inaccurate historical fiction, um, but she does a really good job of it. Um, the Other Boleyn Girl might be a movie oh, yes, that I've you're familiar with. So that's probably her most famous book. And this is part of um, this kind of series of books that she wrote and it's the beginning of the next series um so what i'm talking about is the earlier series called the cousins war so there were two houses tudor and york and um i think we talked about this a little bit on the last pre-episode when i was talking about the tudors but um they kind of there was war back and forth, and one cousin would get the throne after they killed the other cousin, and they would just go back and forth. Um, and finally, the Tudors won the throne and held the throne for... I, I'm honestly not even sure how long. But this series is based on the first six books of the Cousins' War um, series. So let's kind of go back to basics here. Yes. We are talking about a 
television show? We're talking about a television show okay. what based is the t- on books. What is the show called? So the first show in the series is called The White Queen. Okay, I've seen you watching that. I've never seen it myself. It's um, based on Queen Elizabeth Woodville, who has ties to like six different royal families currently. Uh, so Elizabeth Woodville, who was Queen of England, uh, is the White Queen, and she is um, the great, great or great great grandmother of Henry the Eighth. Um, her son, Elizabeth Woodville's daughter, Elizabeth, becomes Queen of England when the Tudors take over, and then gives birth to Henry the Eighth. Basically, so she's one removed from Henry the Eighth, who is the king of england that i feel like everybody knows so um the white queen is all about her and um her being a widow and this is the first time england had ever had a queen who had been married before and she marries a very young king and has like a ridiculous amount of children and it's very interesting because um king edward is the only one like, he has a very long reign of peace, and it's very cool to see how um, peaceful she also helps keep the kingdom. And then there's the second show, which is called The White Princess, which is about Queen Elizabeth Woodville's daughter, um, Queen Elizabeth, which is very confusing. Um, and uh, she marries a Tudor prince, um, which would be Henry VII. And um, they go on to have Henry VIII. And uh, she's basically marrying against everything that her family fought for before. But it's seen as like a marrying of two families and it stops the war, basically. Um, And she has children and she fights basically against all of her instincts that she grew up with and becomes a true Tudor queen. The third show is called The Spanish Princess, which is about Catherine of Aragon, who is King Henry VIII's first wife. And she comes from a very impressive background. Um, Her mother was Queen Isabella of Castile, who was um, kind of... Their monarchy was very backwards in that the woman ruled and the man was... um, It was passed down through the, like, female line. So the... um, the whole show kind of centers around her being kind of brought up as a warrior. Her mother was very much a soldier, even though she was also a queen. And so she um, goes to England to marry Henry VIII, which she's known she's going to do since she was like a very small child. And then uh, you kind of move through her life uh, trying to produce an heir and then also moving into the later years when King Henry starts on his journey of having five more wives. So it overlaps a little bit with your last show, The Tudors? Yes, yeah. Um, This is very, very early. The Tudors starts right at kind of the end of Catherine and Henry's marriage. So you kind of, it's it's very, also very different in the feel of it. Um, it's definitely less sexy, all of these shows. Um, it's less um, kind of current feeling in that um, the Tudors were very like sexy and very, more, they were more modern feeling. You could feel like you could kind of see that happening in 
like today's with the way that people talk to each other and that kind of thing. This is very rooted in tradition in the uh, the princess shows. <laughs> and I think that um, they have a different feeling, but yeah, they kind of flow into each other, but they're completely different productions. Does any cast carry over from one series to the other? Uh, so in the three series, there are a few characters who carry over. Some of them are replaced. I really liked who played Elizabeth of York in The White Queen better than I liked Jodie Cormer in The uh, in the White Princess. And I kind of wish that she had continued. She had that very, like, willful um, thing that you get in the book. Um, from Elizabeth of York in both books. And I think that Jodie Cormer is a lot more sulky and kind of defiant. And you don't really get that in the books. So I felt like the original casting was better. And I'm not sure why they recast it. Because there were quite a few people in the White Queen that moved over to the White Princess. And then um, there was also just some kind of in continuities between the series, but I think that's just because they had new cast and probably new producers and whatever. It was just, you know, new series, new series, new series. This is my little, like, guilty pleasure, and I don't feel like sharing it. That's and, fair. And I think that I think that everybody needs that kind of thing, right? Like, Yeah, I, like Kumiko the Treasure Hunter. Exactly. You have your transcendental movies. I have my princess shows, and it just makes me happy to watch them. And is each one of these kind of like a one season thing? Yeah. So the span, the reason I rewatched all of these, because I'd seen The White Queen and The White Princess and the first season of Spanish Princess before, but they got cut off um, due to funding. Uh, the Spanish Princess had gotten cut off due to funding, and um, they got more funding and did a whole new season. So I'm about four episodes into season two of The Spanish Princess, and we're just getting to the point where Henry becomes, um, where he starts kind of cheating on Catherine. Oh, did they get more funding by going to another country, killing the people and taking their natural resources? No, they did not. Oh, that would have been like apt. I think it was just regular Hollywood funding. <laughs> So kind of, but in a roundabout way. <laughs> so you can watch all of these on the Stars Network. Um, that is a channel on Amazon Prime Video. And uh, I'm not sure about in the States, but I know in Canada, it's it's just like an extra add-on. And you can get a 30-day free trial if you want to binge watch all of these series together. I believe it is the same there. And there, Star Wars is also just a channel on, yes. like, cable. All I know about Stars is that's where Party Down was. <laughs> oh, yeah. That okay. great Adam Scott show, which he might appear later in the show. What? And all your powerful women who were just born into it and did nothing to deserve it. I have a counterpoint for all of them. In my pick later. Excellent. Okay. Well, this is why I don't share this stuff with you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, if you are as monarchy obsessed as I am, check out The White Queen, The White Princess, and both season of The Spanish Princess on Stars. Okay. Well, let's move on to the reason that we make these episodes. Let's introduce your next pick. So this is going to be a little different than what we usually do because I am choosing a series and we are actually recording this who knows how long in the past. So the show we are going to be watching is Parks and Recreation. Oh, I've heard of it. 
So Samantha and I always like to have a show on the go that we normally watch. Your hair's in your drink. Watch out for that. It's okay. I got it. It's fine. I'm a mess today. And (laughs) we finished watching our last show, which was Heroes, which was terrible and I hated it. What did you think? It was terrible. Yeah, it was very bad. And I was saying, we should watch something that's actually good. You've never seen Parks and Recreation. So we said we're going to watch that next. But then I thought, might as well make an episode of the show. Episode. So what do you know about Parks and Rec? I know it has lots of famous people in it who weren't famous when the show started. Yeah, many of them famous from that. Yeah, or became famous while on that show. Yes. Um, I know that it has Amy Poehler in it. Mm-hmm. Are you a fan of hers? I like her. I like her quite a bit. Uh, And I know it has to do something with city workers. All of that is true. And if you like Amy Poehler quite a bit, you are going to love her after this. (laughs) Excellent. So one of the reasons I like this show so much is it's one of the few shows that's a comedy and you still like the people. Like, you've seen The Office all the way through, correct? Yes. And you like The Office? Uh, yeah. I like The Office as well. It's a good show. How many people on that show would you want to hang out with? Like, almost none of them. Like, Jim and Pam seem fine. That's about it, though. The rest, they're mostly bad people. I feel like they'd be real annoying. Like, Michael Scott, as much as you might love Steve Carell or whatever, he's a terrible person, and I I would hate him. He's a very hateable person if he was in real life. Oh, agree. Parks and Rec is different in that almost every character on this show is likable and has redeeming qualities to them. Sure, they're not like true-to-life people because it is, it's a sitcom, but they are exaggerated but still have a lot of relatable human traits and I feel like they're all quite likable. Well, like, I could never like Michael Scott. No. He might be funny, but he's an asshole. And also, I was really excited because I always ask you, like, can you give me a movie where it's a woman who is fighting for change who isn't a racist? And you're like, no, you, they must be racists as well. So here, here you have a woman fighting for change, not a racist at all. And I think you'll especially like this show because you have interest in civic government. Yes, This I is do. a little bit different than that, but it deals with city councillors and mostly it's about the parks department, of course. Right. But it's an insight into small town government, which is going to be a little extra funny since we both have a little bit of experience with that. Yeah. Also, just a woman in a man's world. I know it's a very cliched thing to say, but it's a really fresh, at least well done take on that as well. When you get beyond the main characters, there's so many fun, silly, likable characters. And it's a sitcom where you can actually see character growth, which Mm -hmm. is not common. Oh, Parks and Recreation, usually just called Parks and Rec, is an American series. It ran from 2009 to 2015 and has 125 episodes, so we got some work ahead of us. Oh, yeah. But it's going to be fun work. Okay. I like fun work. 
the show really took a change at one point. We'll see that point. I think it's in like season two or the beginning of three, perhaps, when a bunch of characters left and new ones came in. And normally that's like... The worst. The worst and a sign that a show is failing. But I've never seen a revamp of a show during its run work so well. Because the characters they bring in, I almost don't want to tell you. Because okay, don't tell it's me. someone I love. And when you see them show up, you're going to be like, holy shit, they're here? Yeah, don't tell me. I just want to, I don't want to know any more than I already know going into the show. Which is a reason I'm not going to show you any trailers or anything like that. Because the characters who show up are uh, are great. And there's someone, there's people who we are both fans of who come on later in the show and right. become more important as time goes on. Okay. It was created by Greg Daniels, who was a writer on, like, Simpsons, King of the Hill, Office, along with Michael Schur, who we both like because he's a creator of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Good Place. He's a producer on Master of None. So, like, he's he's just tossing out those hits. Like, wow. all of those things I love. Hits for everybody. Yeah. Or at least hits for indie. I don't know if a lot of those did terribly well i don't think master <laughs> of none is hugely successful but it's brilliant huh. so the two of them are the creators behind it and then of course the writing staff you could go through and they've done so much great work i actually don't even want to tell you who's in it because some no. of them are going to be surprises for you and yeah. you're going to love them all i'm going to say is you know what i'm quite confident in this one that when i say i love it you should too. You're gonna love this show. I'm gonna love it. I I think I think I'm gonna give a guarantee. Some of the people that we can mention because they're in there from episode one are Amy Poehler, who you've seen and loved in many things. Yes. Rashida Jones, who you've probably seen her in The Office. Yeah, I know Rashida Jones. I like She's her quite a bit too. Very good. She had this show called Angie Tribeca, which is very specific comedy, but oh my god, I loved that show so much. <laughs> Aziz Ansari, who you're familiar with. I, I know him, yes. He's really good in it as well. He's he's so silly, but you need some craziness like that. You have uh, Nick Offerman, who you'll yeah. know when you see him if you're not him. familiar with him. He's Who's he married to? Oh, he's married to someone famous. Megan they, Mullally. Yes, and they have a home improvement show. Oh, he's a very <laughs> talented woodworker and stuff like that. They also have a podcast where they get into bed with their guest. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. It's it's a pretty good. I've listened to a couple episodes, and it's it's a very good podcast. They are a very funny couple, and I won't say anything more about that couple because. You know, things will happen. Huh. Um, Aubrey Plaza is on this. I don't uh -huh. think I had seen her in anything before this. I think this may have been her big break. I like Aubrey Plaza because she's so dry. Yeah. She's she's just playing that, and yeah. she does it very well in this one. Uh, Chris Pratt is in it. And Jurassic Park guy? The Parks and Rec guy, or possibly <laughs> the Guardians of the Galaxy guy. Oh, he's not in Jurassic Park? He is, but I don't like to think of him as that because those movies weren't good. Okay. And I think they were Jurassic World by that point. Jurassic Park is good. Yeah. But he's not in that. He was like a child then. <laughs> okay, yeah. And then other characters aren't there from the beginning, so I feel like I don't want to bring them in. But it's such a good cast, and it just seems like a show that would be the most fun show ever to work on. I would have loved to have been a, oh, a cast it, member. Oh, I can this. imagine just with those characters that you told me about that that would be like such a fun show to put together. It's like the joking and the like nice people. 
And I love this show because it brings together a lot of people from very different walks of life, but it doesn't seem like breakfast club forced of like, look, I'm one of these and you're one of these. It can have people of different ethnicities and it's not like a big deal about it. The cast has such a wide age range Mm -hmm. and I love how all of these characters interact with each other. I guess it's the most obvious thing to say, like, I love this show because of how the characters act to each other. But that's that's what the show's about. It's, yeah. They all seem very developed and so different. And their reactions and interactions are hilarious. And it's it's a really good show. I think it's probably my top 10 favorite sitcoms ever. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to that, to starting it. Can we start it right now? You know what? Let's start it right now. Go watch Parks and Rec. At the time of recording, it's available for free on Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. Or you know what? You may have already seen it. I think a lot of you have. So we'll be talking about Parks and Rec next Next time. Oh, we should talk in unison more. Did we do it just now? Yeah. I said said, next time. You said next week. Yeah, but we both said next at the same time. Okay. That was the same. What are we going to say in unison now to end it? Have a good week. Okay, ready? Have, Have a good fun week, out there, everyone. Hey! <laughs> Just moving my bottles around. <laughs>